I did not realize this podcast was being recorded. (laughs) (laughs) You've been lying to me the whole time. (laughs) This whole time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Red Stars, Chicago Fire, and, of course, a trip across the globe for a soccer update from all over the world. My name is Alex Herman, and I'm joined, as always, by Brady Olson and Dave Kolichkowski. Boys, how are we doing? I am awesome, just in general, but also feeling awesome Candace Parker brought home a WNBA yeah. championship. That was mm-hmm. awesome. Brought it back to Chicago for our first. So very excited. And they're, I'm seeing all the social media for the parade that they're planning. And that would be fun cool. if I get to attend that. Yeah. And what are they yes. saying right now? Is that going to be sometime next week? I think so. Um, but yeah, I'm just seeing also like Candace Parker goat emojis all over the place, which is fun. <laughs> Yes, congratulations to Candace Parker and the rest of the Chicago Sky champions. Way to go. Bulls are up next. I highly doubt that. <laughs> Shout out to Ian Scarlato for working as our editor, producer for our podcast, turning it into the fine, high-quality audio product that it is. And thank you to Jen Bennett as well for helping us run our social media accounts. So today is Monday, the 18th of October. What does this mean? Well, it means that yesterday was Sunday, the 17th of October, (laughs) or week six of the NFL season. So before we move forward with the soccer world, I have a couple updates to go over because there was a lot. Uh, Yeah, we do. (laughs) We definitely have to. (laughs) He steers the ship, unfortunately. Believe me, it it was painful for me. Not the end results, but watching multiple games were very stressful this week. (laughs) So first, we'll start with that. Um, The Vikings at the Panthers. And really what's happening this year is the Vikings are refusing to play any game that doesn't go down to the wire Mm. or any game in which they really want the other team to win and try to give them the game. Really practicing for those high-impact games, those high-stress games in the playoffs. That you, I guess. But if I could just watch one game without throwing a fit, that would be wonderful. This was an OT win, uh, but just really frustrating, really stressful. Didn't enjoy watching the game. Glad that we could get a win, go into the bye at 500, considering we started 0 for 3 and then won 3. But boy, or no, that's not how we started. Lost two, won one, lost another one, then won two. Staying in the NFC North, the Bears Bears got handled by the Packers at home. But that was pretty much expected. Yeah. The biggest news coming out of that game, honestly, is when Aaron Rodgers ran a (laughs) touchdown in and was caught on camera and on mic yelling at the Bears fans, I own you. I still own you. I've owned you my whole <laughs> life. 
Uh, As Bears fans, I just want to check in and see what your thoughts are on that because I hate the man, but he Mm -hmm. does have a point. It's unnecessary. He doesn't need to yell that. We're all aware (laughs) of it. But what are your thoughts? I guess it's an appropriate response for getting the double bird from a random person in the stands. (laughs) (laughs) I did did the same thing. Yeah, incredibly yep. appropriate Bears fan behavior. Yeah. <laughs> we were so mad at him for so long, and he's just, yeah. he has. He's absolutely dominated the Bears almost single-handedly, yep. and it's yep. ridiculous. His it, new haircut makes it worse. So. <laughs> yeah. I love that the mic's caught it, though. That is so funny. That's so it funny. Is. Yeah, I do love it, too. And then today I saw videos of, when he was doing that, how many Bears fans in the audience were flipping in the double bird <laughs> is pretty excellent. It's mutual <laughs> hatred. <laughs> in other news, the Chiefs, who have been a surprise this year, not winning every game, not blowing teams out, get back on track with a win over the Washington football team. Did either of you see the latest Mahomes magic throw that came out of this game? I did not see this one running, running to the right outside of the pocket being chased, of course, by at least one player throws across the body to the opposite side of the field that he's running to. And it like, it's, it's a bullet, but it's also timed out perfectly drops right in the basket was just, he does that so many times that you're like, well, yeah, of course this one is, particularly impressive it's he's just magical go back and watch that one go back and watch that one yeah absolutely actually what you should do go find the video of the fan video Mm. uh someone in the in the audience captured it that shows it at a better angle than it is on the broadcast because on the broadcast you can't really tell exactly how impressive it is but this fan's view is perfect Good, good to know. Last update from our NFL week six is the Sunday night game, which was crazy. Seahawks versus Steelers. One of my fantasy teams for this week, the result of that game came down to three players in this particular game. I did wonder why the heck you would have watched that game because. Oh yeah. Gino versus Big Ben. (laughs) Yeah. Not, not great. However, that's exactly why I watched it. I wanted to know, was I going to win that week or not? It was close going in. I didn't end up getting the W, but I watched that entire game beginning to end. So Seahawks, uh, basically both teams traded punches, uh, dominant first half by the Steelers. Seahawks came back in the second half, tied the game with a last minute field goal, sending the game into overtime. Steelers get the ball drive, but are stopped by the Seahawks outside of field goal range, punt it to the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Geno Smith fumbles the ball (laughs) and gives it back to the Steelers at about the 20 yard line. And that's the Seahawks 20 yard line. So Steelers get the ball. Basically all they have to do is make a field goal from 35 yards and the game's over. And that's exactly what they did. But the shot when Geno lost that ball is him just lying on the ground with his head in his hands. And it seems like the plays like that have just plagued him his whole career. (laughs) Even if he plays great and gets you back in the game, 
he's either going to throw a pick or lose the ball or do something else that costs them the game. That sucks. That's a tough loss for the Seahawks. The Steelers managed to keep winning games, but I'm pretty sure that that is not going to continue. Big Ben looks old and out of sorts. Yeah, he, he does. <laughs> cannot move like he used to. He can't really throw like he used to. And he could never really move that well in the first place. But I watching him as like, I, this, this has got to be it for him. There's no way he can do another year. And that was a quick NFL update brought to you from Herman. You're welcome, everybody. Very good. Very good. <laughs> All right. Let's move into soccer now, starting with the Red Stars. Lovely ladies of Chicago who are on a winning streak right now. Yes. Playing very well. Mm-hmm. Yes, they need to be, and they are. Making it happen. First up this past week was the Orlando Pride. The Red Stars played them last Wednesday, and they got the 1-0 to zero win. Analysis time. Brady, break it down. Sure. This one was really fun, despite the single goal scored. Uh, 29 shots in total. It was quite a while ago, so we won't go too far into it. Um, But Red Stars had 17 shots with nine on goal. They didn't have possession, and their passing accuracy was only 62.7%. Not great, but I'm starting to see this as more of a strategic thing than a lack of ability thing, because for this game, they set up like a counterattacking team. Uh, Slightly different than how they looked against the rain, where they had the dual eights and were actually like really going for it. And to see that two back-to-back games means that this team can be really flexible. And I like that going into the playoffs in a one-off game. Flexibility can be super, super key, super helpful. The goal in this game was scored in the sixth minute by Akelia Watt, nice and early. It was a corner kick ball floated to the penalty spot. Woldmo gets crushed by Sidney LaRue. And because she was going for it and like never gave up on the ball, the ball sails over those two players' heads, lands on the ground, there's a whiffed clearance, and then Watt just takes her time, half volley, it's a firecracker, off the bar, into the hole. It was a nice strike. It was gorgeous. It was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Other other highlights, uh, I liked Cassie Miller in this game. She was really good. Alex Morgan did miss a penalty um, for the pride. But Cassie Miller would tell you she had it covered. I think she had it covered. Um, and then also Pew had some nice breakaways. She had a nice breakaway in the second half. Um, the the shot she took was both blocked and saved. So a little bit unlucky not to have another goal. Um, she also had a 1v1 against the goalkeeper. The legs had to be screaming those 90th minute. And let's hope next week or if we're in the playoffs that uh, she puts that away. And one win would not be enough for the Red Stars. They said, no, we want two wins. And they did that. I got it. Versus Kansas City, they played this past Saturday, October 16th. Got the two-to-one victory over Kansas City. Brady, I'm passing it back to you for that breakdown, baby. Uh, Expected to win, should win, did win. So that's great. Started really well. Big success on the counter press. What is a counterpress? When your team is attacking, the players in behind those attackers, like midfielders or defenders, 
they move up with the attacking team, as you should. You should move with your team. But in this case, it's to get into certain spots in the field or to get close to certain attacking players to both inhibit a counter and hopefully win the ball back before the other team even gets anything going. It's how you hmm. it's how you keep sustained pressure on a team. You can really, you know, keep someone penned in, keep your opponent penned in to their own box. And lately the Red Stars have been counterpressing pretty hard. And if they don't win the ball, then they go back into their deep block. So that's kind of been their strategy of late. The Red Stars got several shots off, hitting the post twice before the corner kick that resulted in the first goal, which was a weird own goal situation. Tierna Davidson's header is straight down at the ground. So you want that as an attacking header. You want to head it into the ground. A lot of good things can happen for you as an attacking team and bad things for the defensive team here in Kansas City. Um, She puts it into her own goal here. But it's not a lucky thing. The Red Stars really deserved this goal. Pretty quickly right after that, 37th minute, KC ties the game up with Mace with a thumping header. Really nice goal there. Um, Moving right along into the 50th minute, Red Stars make it 2-1. to Really nice buildup. Watt is essential in this one. Settles a tough pass with a defender on her back. And then she makes the aggressive run to be open for her pass to Doniak. And she gets the assist there. So love to see Watt finding her form right now. She looks fast, hungry, dangerous, scoring goals. It's a perfect time for her to be doing it. Absolutely. Playoff hunt ready. Mm -hmm. Coming up next, the Chicago Red Stars, they only have one game left in the season. And it's not for a while. It's on Friday, October 29th, 6 p.m. at the Orlando Pride. The reason for the break, Brad, is an international break. Yep. We've got U.S. Women's National Team are going to play South Korea a couple times. Davidson, Kruger, Pugh all got called up. Nair and Ertz will be joining the U.S. Women's National Team squad, but are not healthy enough to play. So they're just there for the strategic conversations and whatnot. And also, this is the first confirmation I've seen in print that Ertz is legitimately hurt. So at least we have some sort of confirmation there why she hasn't been playing. And it does make a lot of sense that she she had that surgery, played pretty quickly going into the Olympics, and then we haven't seen her since, and that makes sense. Like Herman said, Friday, next Friday on the 29th, we're playing at the Pride this time. We won't be at home. I think we need to win or draw here because I'm going to go right into some table talk. Portland has clinched the shield. The spirit and rain have clinched the playoffs. We have to think of the red stars in fifth. However, they're currently sitting in fourth, but Gotham FC have three games left against Louisville twice. KC once. So they're playing some bottom feeders. They should do what they need to do and win those games. If not tie and do whatever. And, So they should be ahead of the Red Stars by the time that we get to that final game of the season. Yeah. Um, The Houston Dash and North Carolina Courage are tied on 32 points, three points behind the Red Stars. We'll talk about their games next week as we also preview the Red Stars game. But goal differential will be huge, and the Red Stars isn't fantastic. So we need to win or draw, make sure that we're above those two teams, and then we don't have to go into any of the tiebreakers. Absolutely. So they've been playing well. Need to keep it up. Come on, Red Stars. And please help us out. 
other yeah. teams that are yeah. close to us. If you Would could just go ahead and lose, that'd be yeah. great. That'd be great. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> just need a draw. Come on. Yeah, not controlling your own destiny is always stressful. Adds adds stress at the end of the season. You so want to be it. in control of that. Just yeah. win. That's that's the control that you have. Sure. Moving over to the fire. This will be a pretty quick recap. Um, but now that their season is over, they're playing kind of well. Took on the New England Revolution at New England. Came away with a two to two draw. Yeah. Not the result I expected, as mm-hmm. they don't really have anything to no. play for right now. But hey. Okay, show what you got. All goals in this game came in the second half of that game. And it was New England that started that scoring off. 47th minute, Captoom puts the goal in for New England. There's a little pinball action happening with the ball in the fire's box because they fail to clear the ball several times. This is a common theme we've seen from them Mm. over this season. When Captoom gets it, the fire defense basically clear a lane for him. And he looks at it and says, okay, blast it from the top of the box and just straights up beat the keeper to put the revs up one. Sure. Yeah. I'll take it. (laughs) Um, Not only fail to clear, but there's a moment where the ball is falling harmlessly into the box. Goalkeeper should be screaming here. In fact, I'm sure he was, but Espinosa decides to head it clear instead of leaving it for Slonina. It's a learning moment for both of these young players. I think they're going to be around at least next season. So it's, it, it'll be good for them to learn from this. The counterpunch from the fire would come just two minutes later, though. Madron puts it in, tie up the game. Espinoza's pass from way outside the box is actually meant for Barrich, sitting right in front of the goal. Uh, at least that's what I saw when I watched it. But Madron is right behind Marich. So Marich is tied up with his defender. He can't get to the ball. Madron basically just cleans it up, has an easy look, and blows it past the keeper. Tie it up. Ah, easy so you say. Actually, it's a really <laughs> nice. He makes it look quite easy. Uh, Madron is the whole... He creates this entire goal. He switches the field, directs Ali Sato where to go. He wants him to you know, get out of my way then makes a super clever run in behind to ghost and the defender never sees him. Dave, I actually have a question for you because I'm very interested to see Madron's future. And I wonder if he's going to stay or go this off season. What do you think? I'm hearing um, that he's going to leave and go back to Spain. Oof. That's what I've been hearing. I hope that's not true, but that is the latest that I've read. And okay. you know, it hasn't been a ton lately. I can't blame him if that's his decision after sure. this year too. Would you not want to go home? Yeah, that's this has been a little rough. <laughs> <laughs> he has been one Sorry, of our best that's players. That's not the answer you're looking for. Well, I mean, yeah, you you have the yeah. beat. Um, he's been one of our best players, and we forced him to not play in his own position too, and he's done quite well. So I would love to see him back, but I would understand. <laughs> he is also like publicly come out against the culture at, at the club as well in the past Oof. few weeks. So it's Oof. honestly not looking great, but Hey, <laughs> you know, maybe good. if, if they make the moves, like it's his LeBron moment, maybe they'll let him make some calls and tell him, you know, <laughs> you could bring this player in and that player in and, you know, we'll see what happens. But probably not. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Fingers crossed. It would, 
it would really hurt to lose him, though, because he has been an integral piece of this team this year. Moving back to the game, 76th minute. This is where we see that second goal from the Revs. Mm. This, is, this one is going to come from Bo. There's a great long pass from New England. Finds Bo at the top of the box. Fire defense, nowhere to be found. Nope. Didn't think it was important to cover that one. <laughs> Floats it over the keeper and into the goal to put the Revs back up by one. This is very bad defending. Quite a bit of deja vu. We watched a very similar goal from New England against the Fire. These are two guys I hope aren't back. Kappelhoff, you've been great. But uh, yeah, old man Bornstein. Yeah. <laughs> He's no, got to go, as, right? Not as great. <laughs> it's a position I hope the Fire invest in. Like, let's be one of the first clubs to spend heavy money on a big yeah. name center back. That would be very cool. I think it's exactly like sit him next to Pineda teach Pineda the, the ways of the game. I wouldn't mind dropping some coin on some center backs. That'd be super cool, but it's just not the sexy move. So it'll never happen. Mm. Well, it seems like it would be the smart move though, because clearly we need help in that region. The talent we have in house is not doing it at all. Also it's Chicago. We love defense here in Chicago. Yeah, I think yeah. we could be the club. Come on. We could be. We could be a- you just got to market it the right way. <laughs> Hmm. (laughs) Steal from the fire. So the last goal of this game is obviously going to come from the fire. Ali Seda gets the last goal. Gutierrez, the youngin, is actually the one leading the fast break, continues to push the ball up the field, finds Ali Seda 1v1 on the outside of the box, and Ali Seda is able to get a shot off around his defender, through the keeper, ties the game up in the 88th minute, right before the natural 90 minutes expires. Yep. Aliceda, Slonina, two names that I believe are staying and most likely will be sold at some point. That's the plan. And that's what the fire want to be. And so we'll fall in love and then they'll leave us. And I say he looks so good. Slonina, except for, you know, his learning moments. Mm. That's so depressing to hear. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's something you could build around. Like if you get that center back, Brady, you know, then you got a mm-hmm. great defense because he looks he looks really, really good. I, I just want to point out too that uh Turner looked human this game. Like he did not yeah. look like he was locked in, and that was against the fire. So I don't know how I feel about that. Like it's not a really good trade if you know we're getting a, a good uh fire keeper, but then Turner's just not informed anymore. Not about that. You know, if we're gonna just lose Slonina anyways, the karma, you know, doesn't pay off for <laughs> itself there. <laughs> um <laughs> But I might have to get a Slonina kick, guys. And now yeah. I'm feeling like a moron because Brady just told me that. No, no, no. You got to do it. <laughs> we, ha- we have to love him. And then eventually he'll make us a bunch of money. <laughs> he will. He will. Yeah. There you go. Money. Coming up next, the Fire play Cincinnati this coming Wednesday, 1020. So for you listening, that will be yesterday, Wednesday, October 20th at 6.30 p.m. Go check that out. Hopefully we haven't lost to Cincinnati anyway. Hopefully we have not lost to Cincinnati when you hear this. And we will be playing Real Salt Lake Saturday, October 23rd at 7 p.m. Not much to play for anymore, but let's finish off strong. Some draws, maybe some wins. 
It'd be nice. Salt Lake's got plenty to play for. They are trying to cling on to their playoff spot. Yes. No, they so, do. Yeah. Let's disrupt Spoiler. it. Let's crush let's dreams. Just, yeah. Let's do, do it. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the international break is over uh, for the EPL, um, for the MLS. I thought it would be helpful to go back and just do a quick review of what happened for the U.S. men's national team uh, during that international break for World Cup qualifiers. U.S. played Jamaica on October 7th, came away with a 2-0 to zero victory. Convincing. They played Panama on October 10th and lost, unfortunately, 1-0. to zero. Sad. And the game that we have not covered on here yet is the U.S. versus Costa Rica on October 13th. That was a win for the U.S., two to one. And Phew. relief. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All, including including this game. Like, first two minutes, I think it was a second-minute goal. Uh, yep. Zach Steffens in net because I think, one, Matt Turner, maybe a little off his form. Two, give him some rest. Um, and then, boy, it was not a good start. And then Serginho Dest says, don't worry, guys, I got this. Pops it in the upper corner. What a great goal. Love that. And Bearhalter can just go back and say, this was my plan all along. I meant for that slight speed bump in Panama, maybe get a draw, but we're going to rotate our squad. Costa Rica did not <laughs> rotate their squad at all, and they looked gassed in that second half. And so now the U.S. team, second in the standings. Uh, we've got Mexico at home and Jamaica away in the next group of fixtures in November. That's on the 12th and the 16th, respectively. And I appreciate this moment of therapy. I feel much better now about the U.S. team than I have. Yes. And I've got some time before I can ramp up that stress again. Uh-huh. The game on the 12th is a must-watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to watching that with at least Brady, if not you as well, Dave. Yes, let's make it Just happen. because... Man, the stress in the room is unreal. It is very <laughs> suspenseful. So looking forward to that. Also, USA Mexico is always fun. Yes, that's always true. Always fun. That one, that one I will I will share in your stress. That one I really want to win. <laughs> yes. All right. Game of the week. Last week, we chose the showdown between Tottenham and Newcastle United. Tottenham came away with a victory here, as expected. Three. To two was the yeah. score. Yeah, it was closer. So happy. It was much closer than I thought it would be. However, as we'll dive into a little bit later, I don't think that score necessarily shows the true aspect of this game, the true color of this game. But before we get into that, talk about the goals, talk about some plays. One of the main reasons we chose this game is because we wanted to recap and discuss the recent takeover has gone down for Newcastle United. Um, I need one of you to take over and lead me through this because I'm not even sure on the details. I know there was a change in ownership though, correct? Yes, there was. And I okay. can walk you through it. Um, I've been Thank reading you you know, articles over the last couple of weeks regarding the, the change in ownership. And there's just some key talking points. Like we could probably have an entire podcast, like just about this alone and how takeovers happen. But um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start with the previous owner who was businessman, Mike Ashley, uh, who took over the team in 2007. Uh, During his 
13-year ownership in Newcastle, the team kind of went through a, a wild roller coaster for an established <laughs> club. Um, Slash the fans <laughs> hate him. <laughs> yeah, they do. They hate him for many reasons, but two big reasons is that the team got relegated in two in after the 2008-2009 season and the 2015/2016 season. Um so they were really calling for his head for those two things in particular among other issues that he caused at the club, but we won't go into that. Um, <laughs> both times the teams, the, the team was relegated. Uh, the club actually outright won the championship. They got first place and were <laughs> automatically promoted. So like, it wasn't wow. like they were ever in, in, um, in a, at a point where you thought the team was going to collapse and maybe get stuck in the championship. Like the, the club, you know, was structured, structured, well enough to get them back to where they needed to be, which is, you know, the premier league. Um, Ashley actually attempted to sell the club three times uh, prior to this recent takeover. And obviously two of those times were like right after they got relegated and he yeah. it was clear that the fans hated him and, <laughs> you know, it's just something you kind of do. Like maybe this was a bad idea. And then, yep. It was kind of funny though, because you looked at the dates on when he started to sell it. And then when he took it off the market and it was very short periods of time. So he must've not really been sure with what he was, what he was deciding to do at the time. So, um, so then getting into the acquisition that just happened, the club was purchased by a public investment fund uh, who now has an 80% stake in the club, RB sports and media who has 10% and PCP capital partners who has another 10 uh, so for someone looking at this uh, based on name alone and no additional insight, you know, you might be asking who cares. It seems like a bunch of investment capitalists like took over. Um, but the but the interesting part is that 80 percent uh, shareholder who is the pub, public investment fund. Um, and this has raised tons of flags. Uh, they're basically referred to as the sovereign wealth fund of Saudi Arabia. Mm. Uh the state of the state of Saudi Arabia claim they have no ties to the fund um, and that it's run on its own. However, the leaders of the fund are appointed by the state of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so there's there's a, and they do they do spend a lot of hmm. time and effort to make sure that there's a clear separation. But obviously, the line is blurred based on what I've read. You know, I yeah. I'm no expert on this yeah. by any means, but there's numerous articles on it. So just to stay out of the political strife and <laughs> issues that are going on with, with, with this, I'm just going to say there's plenty to read. If it interests you and you're interested in that business half of soccer, it's very interesting reads. And it also gives you some of a history lesson and a business lesson and how things work. So it's definitely worth checking out if you have some time and you're, you're interested in that kind of stuff. Um, I do just want to point out some of the concerns that have been raised based on the articles that I've been checking out. Um, human rights has been like the biggest one just because mm -hmm. there's some issues with that in uh, Saudi Arabia sports washing which I don't know if this is like a new term that's been coined or if it's just you know they needed a something to call it and this is what they landed on but uh, it's basically using a sports club or a sporting event to hide a poor human mm -hmm. rights record in a country so like uh, if a country hosts the Olympics or something else like that just to kind of Hey, look at all the awesome things that we can do rather than focusing on what's really happening. Um, there's uh, some major concern over financial fair play issues in the game itself. Now mm -hmm. that um, a team of this 
wealth is in charge of a Premier League team. We've already seen issues with um, Manchester City, and now it seems like this will probably be another example of that. Sure. Um, I would expect there to be a ton of spending in January based on Newcastle's current form. So we'll, we'll see what happens um, very shortly. Uh, lack of Premier League ownership trying to prevent the deal from occurring has been another like topic. Like They actually could have told these owners no based on the information that's publicly available and they did not decide to let that, they did not decide to make a stand. There's, so there's some few, a few articles on that. Um, and also there's the fan perspective. They just don't want this type of takeover for the team because it, while it might improve their team significantly, it also may threaten their club's history and the culture and what they've built um, bringing in a new style of ownership like this that might not care as much about what people do day to day at the bars and at, sure. at um, the stadium. They're just going to put the best team out there, you know, with no matter what. And and obviously that's what you want from an owner. But you know, if you have all the money and a ton of money like you do in this in this case, like you don't really have to worry about anything else at that time. So yeah, it's uh it's all interesting stuff. So go check it out. There's tons of articles on it. Yeah, definitely. And thank you, Dave, for the breakdown. Yeah. I do appreciate that. Cause I, I knew that people were mad about it uh, or there's all these articles being written about it. And I, I had the attitude of who cares it's going to help your team. Right. But this mm -hmm. makes sense. And uh, to be clear, I was not laughing at, uh, any human rights issues, any political questions coming out of Saudi Arabia, more of that uh, Saudi Arabia going so far to say, no, 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 we have no ties to it, but the leaders of the fund are people that we have chosen. It's <laughs> yeah, like, it's, well, that line is blurry that at best. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that is not, it seems like you're contradicting exactly what you're saying. Sports. So, <laughs> Very much so. So back to the match that happened yesterday, October 17th, the Magpies of Newcastle versus the Hotspurs from Tottenham. This game got off to a fast start for the Magpies anyway. Caleb Wilson has the first goal of the game in the second minute. So you really could not have asked for a better start to the Magpies' new era, new ownership. Quick goal. Well, I, this was I a nice pass from Mankio into the center of the box where Wilson drops off his defender, then just beats him to the ball when it gets passed in there, puts a header on it, puts the Magpies up one early. Now, Brady, I know you were watching this game at the Atlantic, which is a lovely pub in Chicago yesterday morning. What was the vibe in there after this early goal goes in? Yes, uh, it was a very fun day overall. But at this moment, it like definitely pulled the air out of the room. Like everyone was super surprised. No one knew what to say. It was just one of those. Oh, what? No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought this was going to be a tone setter for sure. Um, but you have to remember that Newcastle is really struggling right now. Uh, they're in the relegation zone and they were tied with the most goals conceded at the start of this match. So I wouldn't have been too concerned. I guess your reaction of like, what? Like, it's just kind of a mo momentary blip. Yeah. Like Todd and him are going to come back. It was so early too. just, yeah. Yeah. We didn't have a 
full reaction is, okay, well, let's play some soccer now. <laughs> I think that's how that goal happened too. It was just so early. The the Spurs were also, I think, shared in that in that fan reaction of, wait, what? What just happened? <laughs> we just started. However, the Spurs would answer back in the 17th minute. And Dombele with a banger from near the top of the box. Mm. This play actually starts with Dyer, who blasts the ball to Reguillon on the outside of the box. Reguillon finds Ndombele near the top of the box. Newcastle defense at that point isn't set. They're not ready for anything. Ndombele shoots around the one defender that's in his way into the upper far post corner. It's a tie game. I love it. Yeah, this was a beaut. Awesome placement here. Keeper didn't stand a chance. We want to see more Not of this from Ndombele. Super talented. Yeah. Just needs to put it in, put it, the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. And five minutes later, the Spurs are going to strike again. Kane sneaks past the Newcastle defense on a kick-in from Tottenham, makes a run, puts the ball in the net, but gets called for offside. Flag goes up. But wait. Oh. oh. Comes under review. We confirm that he is, in fact, onside. Yeah. Goal counts. <laughs> Tottenham is up two yeah. to one. It's the, yeah. This is a total optical illusion watching it live. He definitely looks offsides, at least to me. But under review, you can clearly tell when they change that angle a little bit. He's definitely onside. Nice touch from Ari to put the ball Uh, over the keeper, but into the net. This is not a spectacular goal from him where he does something crazy, kicks the ball. This is one of his most understated goals, but him getting past the defense, his little run is where his genius really comes into play on this goal. Yep, just being smart. Yeah, this is all too easy for Kane here. Breaks free with that chip of the keeper. Just, I don't know. It's nuts. Yep. Yep. When you look at it again, if you are still confused about it, it is the right back that holds him on. So it's just one of those, the right back being a little bit lazy by a step and didn't get even with the rest of his defensive line. And Kane sees it and says, yep, I'll take that. Thank you. Uh, The Spurs then continue to be dominant and the the bar was much more happy and much more laid back and like, oh, okay, we're things are back to normal right at the 40 minute mark. There was a really weird stoppage and no one really knew what was going on, but Reggion had stopped the referee from the Spurs were about to take a corner kick and Reggion stops the referee points in the stands. People are looking around players start running around and basically uh, a fan had collapsed in the stands. Another fan had run over a, a doctor and had saved his life pretty crazy, but there was a 15 minute uh, stoppage of the game where the clock's just counting up, up, up. Um, and the, the ref pulls the players off the field and says, let's just, you know, provide this fan with enough, you know, support, whatever he needs to be safe. And then they ended up resuming the game like 15 minutes later, very strange situation, but I think all mm-hmm. the right steps were taken. Yes. Newcastle, who hosted the game, confirmed that the fan was taken to hospital, as they would say, in England, and was stabilized. So all seems well there. Hope they feel better 
And the Spurs would use the stoppage time to their advantage. In the second minute of that stoppage time, after the first half, Sonny shows up. Brilliant goal from the Spurs before half here. Pass from Lucas Mora, beats the defense, finds Kane on the right side of the box. Defense is drawn towards Kane, as defenses tend to be. Yep. (laughs) Son is able to break free at the far post. Son and Kane still have this mind meld going on where they know what the other one's going to do. Kane is able to find him. Son has a sliding touch to put Tottenham up three to one at the half. Kane to Son. They've been doing it for a long time. What a dynamic duo. Yeah. You got to say, though, that Newcastle's defense looked really rough here. They could, just couldn't get to the ball, and Tottenham really just outclassed them. Uh, great ball yep. movement and team approach, and that tap-in was really nice by Son. Moving into the second half, things kind of slowed down. It's very active yeah. first half. Not so much in the second half. Yeah, Tottenham really should have like added to the, the goal tally here. was very surprised. Yeah, I would say it was a confident just keeping the ball for the Spurs, which can bite you in the ankles, and it almost did in this game. However, the most important part of this game, of the second half in particular for me, was 60th minute. John Joe Shelby comes on to replace Sean Longstaff. Shelby gets his 20 minutes in, his two yellow cards, and he's out of the game by the 83rd minute. Thank you, John Joe. Thank you for being in the Premier League always. I just love him. Uh, Dave, do you know what a John Joe hat trick is? I don't, but now I feel like I just figured it out. But go for it. Tell me. Tell me. It's when he scores a goal, an assist, and gets a red card. Nice. (laughs) He's got his own. (laughs) Nice. I was almost going to say gets a yellow, gets a second yellow, straight red. I mean, that seems more like, (laughs) or not red, straight red, but gets the red then. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, he's got so much talent. He's, he's known for scoring crazy long shots that are bullets into the upper 90. And then he's a really smart midfielder. So he can find you for making a good run. And then he's liable to kick you at some point. (laughs) Ex Liverpool guy, John Joe Shelby. As Brady mentioned, Tottenham not adding on to their lead in the second half almost came back to bite them in the butt. That occurred in the 89th minute. Eric Dyer apparently just wanted to give Newcastle a gift for the end of the game. And that gift was an own goal on a free kick. And it looks like Dyer is in the right spot to defend this, but just (laughs) can't decide whether to head it, knee it, or kick it, and he gets stuck in the middle between all those things and ends up beating his own keeper as it bounces off of his thigh. Yeah, this is all kinds of weird here. Uh, just one you want back. And I, honestly, he probably couldn't do it that well again, even if he asked. So it, it's just one of those ones where, like, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either on that one. It was it was odd. Uh, hey, you still won. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, and anytime you are a center back facing your own goal, it's a bad situation. That's the tactics of it. In the end, just deal with it better. <laughs> Fair. So looking back at this game, my take away is that 
this was a much more dominant performance by Tottenham than the score shows. Newcastle got a quick, it's not a gimmicky goal right away, but really quick. I don't think Tottenham's defense was ready for that yet. That doesn't excuse letting it in. Sure. But weren't ready for that first goal. And that second goal was just Eric Dyer being indecisive, not knowing what to do in that moment. An own goal. Yeah. So on top of that, Tottenham also had a few more really close shots. Had one that bounced off the crossbar. Um, had a couple really nice looks that didn't end up going in. So this is this easily could have been a four to two or four to one if Dyer didn't have an awful moment, um, which I think is probably uh, the score that Tottenham really kind of deserved at the end of the day. Totally agree. This should have been a massive blowout, and the score line doesn't give the accurate picture of the game. Just for some stats, because I'm me. 65% possession for the Spurs, uh, 1.46 expected goals to Newcastle's 0.63. So Spurs tripled them up there, probably should have been even more goals, like we said. But also, there's a moment in the second half where Ndombele is megging people in his own half, and you know, we're just keeping confident possession. And that's better than the Spurs have looked just you know, playing soccer in a while. So that's nice. And that's, you know, I think. As you guys have said, the Spurs had this one handled. The Atlantic was happy, if not a little bit more stressed than they should have been. Yeah. Newcastle's work, uh, new ownership group has their work cut out, though. Like <laughs> that, that loss Boy, was really they. ugly. Um, yeah. They need some defense for sure. Could you imagine mm-hmm. buying a team and then they get relegated immediately? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be rough. <laughs> but I think they're in it for the long haul. So, sure. All right. Sticking with the EPL, let's go over our teams. Our favorite time of the podcast. I got to think. Yes. <laughs> Unless your team loses, and then it's your, the worst time ever. Sad. Let's start with Liverpool. Dave, what happened? doesn't lose. Five, <laughs> five nil blowout to Watford. Ooh, we still have lost this year. Uh, Mo Salah with another crazy solo go, go check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will have played Atletico Madrid by the time this podcast is released. The game is away, but I think if we win this one, they'll have locked up the group at this point, or at least we'll advance. Also play Man U this weekend, which we'll talk about later. Ooh. Ooh. Foreshadowing. All right, Brady, Tottenham. We just talked about them for a while. So what else is new? I liked the setup from Nuno. This was more of a 4-2-3-1 in this game. I liked seeing Ndombele playing the number 10. He was all over the place, very confident, very skilled. Good for Tottenham. We're, the title race is back on. We're in it. We're in fifth. Let's go, boys. <laughs> and to round things out, Chelsea. Chelsea struggled to beat Brentford 1-0 to zero this past Saturday. So close. Come on. The bees. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dave is a bees fan. Um, yeah, but and more Brent- importantly, Liverpool would be on top right now. If they would have just <laughs> yeah, but they're not, are they? <laughs> no, they're not. Chelsea still reigns supreme. Um, Brentford is playing pretty well this year, so I don't feel that bad about it, but I'm just overall a little concerned. Yeah. We were missing Rudiger and Thiago Silva, mm. um, so we're not at full strength. Mindy continues to play at a premier level, he's shutting people out. A lot of clean sheets, thanks to him. The Analyst actually just published an article about 
Eduard Mendy and how well he's playing. He's saved yep. you over three goals, which is pretty yes. crazy this early in the season. Very. Cool. Good news on Rudiger and Silva is that they are back to practice. We are still missing Pulisic. So I'm not sure when he's coming back. Rumor is it's soon. I'm really excited to see our attacking group when he comes back. I think the mind meld between him and Lukaku, once they get some experience, is going to be something to behold. Mm. Mm -hmm. The wrath is coming. (laughs) Just wait. (laughs) (laughs) Looking ahead to next week, the game of the week we have chosen to break down for you all is... Liverpool versus Manchester United, October 24th at 10.30 (laughs) a.m. Who? Yes, Dave, you've been talking. You've been talking a lot of trash about Man U this whole season. You're very mad. We're all aware of that. Trash this week. They lost again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for reminding me. They've not been looking good. Liverpool, on the other hand, has been playing very well, looking very strong. I am looking forward to watching this. I want to get to know Liverpool better. It's at Old Trafford. Yep. Yep. I don't know. I think I I feel good about it, guys. I probably shouldn't because they tend to elevate to the play and Cristiano Ronaldo is very good. But I'm that he is. But he has not been able to help them win much recently. They've been slipping a little bit. So if we move into predictions. I I'm gonna live. Whoop, I'm gonna give Liverpool the upper hand here. I'm gonna say they take it three to one. Manu continues nice. to be on their slope, not playing so hot, even at home in a big game. Three one Liverpool. Living the Liverpool life, but you're wrong. <laughs> Manchester United takes this one three to two. Ugh, three to two, Manu. Nope. I think it's going to be three to two Liverpool. I think uh, Liverpool's just too locked in. Mosala gets a couple goals. Uh, I do think that they end up conceding a second goal. Normally, I would have said three one Herman, but I have a feeling at Old Trafford they're going to at least concede two, and it's going to be a very tight, high scoring game. So let's hope we get what we all deserve this week. Five yeah, goals at least. Yeah, I'll bet it's <laughs> I hope. a firecracker when these two yeah. teams play. For me, form goes away. It's just bloodbath, really. Two teams in red, and they're just hiding their bullet wounds. (laughs) I wonder if they'll wear the McDonald's jerseys, or will they wear the white jerseys? Oh, God. Please wear the white jerseys. God help us the McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) There's some juice. There's some juice in those McDonald's kits. Yeah, there is something. There definitely is. If they are playing in the McDonald's kits, I apologize in advance, listener. (laughs) (laughs) As a reminder, the games that are happening for our Chicago teams, the Red Stars, coming up on a break here. Their next and final game of the season is Friday, October 29th at 6 p.m. against the Orlando Pride. The Chicago Fire play twice this coming week. By the time this podcast airs, they will have played Cincinnati on Wednesday, October 20th at 6.30 p.m. They're also playing this coming Saturday, October 23rd at 7 p.m. versus Real Salt Lake. Let's go. Do it. We're going to be at this one. 
it's fan appreciation day. So anybody in Chicago that's a soccer fan should come. It's going to be a little chilly though. So bundle up, but it's going to be a great time. Other games that are happening around the world. El Clasico, October 24th at 9.15 a.m. Not as far as it used to be. Oh, (laughs) 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 Inter versus Juventus, October 24th at 1.45 p.m. Still going to be legitimately (laughs) awesome, though. It will be very good. (laughs) And Marseille versus PSG, October 24th at 1.45 p.m. Ooh, be good one. We back. We back. Any other thoughts before we close things out? I have one for both of you that will probably make you happy. Okay. Before we do that, any others? No. Oh. While we were recording this podcast, the Red Sox became the first team in MLB history to hit three grand slams Whoa. in a postseason series. So you're telling me the game's close. <laughs> it is six to zero. Boston. Who was the person that hit the Grand Slam for them tonight? Kyle Schwarber. Oh, nice. (laughs) I love him. Schwibley. Singing. Yes. Yes, Schwibley. Still doing it. He's (laughs) gone. Thank you to all our lovely listeners for tuning in each and every week. Or if, you know, tuning in once every other week. Still appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram at Windy City Wingers. All one word. Link to our Patreon in there. Go ahead, give that a peek. You can also email us, windycitywingers.info at gmail.com. Feedback, questions, anything that you want, write in there. Let us know what's on your mind. Brady, if the people want to reach out directly to you, they got questions on stats, they want to talk Tottenham, where can they reach you? On Twitter, I am at stat underscore bro. Uh, it's also where I've been putting my articles on The Analyst. I recently wrote one where I did a prediction for the MLS teams that are on the bubble near the playoff cutoff line. It was super fun to write. It's a super fun read. And it's also going to make you watch specific games, uh, including you, Herman, LAFC, Minnesota, six-point game. I don't think both of those teams make the playoffs. I think only one does. Give it a read and you'll you'll hear some of my logic. And then Instagram at BradTheBard13. I do soccer stuff there. I do music stuff there. You know, just give me a follow. Yeah. And Dave, if our lovely listeners would like to reach out to you regarding Liverpool, want to talk trash ahead of the upcoming game, where can they find Please you? Come at me. At WCW Dave on both Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Excellent. Bring on the trash talk. Let's do it. Thank you, everyone. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Stay safe. Stay warm. It's chilly out there. Burr. They're singing Schwarper's gone. Schwarper's gone. Oh, They're all gone. No. They're all gone. <laughs> <laughs>